The Ready, Set, Grow podcast is sponsored by Ag Expert, software designed for Canadian agriculture. Visit them today at agexpert.ca. Welcome to the Ready, Set, Grow podcast, where we like to showcase startup and early stage companies, as well as visit with innovators in the agriculture and food industry. Today, we're here with Joe Dales, co-founder of RH Accelerator, and our special guests, Avi and Keaton, co-founders of Yuko Agro. Avi, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely, and thank you for having us. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, so my name is Avi. I co-founded the company Yuko Agro with Keaton about three years ago, uh, and I played the role of a chief technology officer in the company. Prior to co-founding the company, I spent last about 12 years uh, in technical consulting with PricewaterhouseCooper or PwC and Deloitte Consulting. And I worked in healthcare, uh, banking, insurance, uh, and some more public sector industries before that. And the skill set has been in enterprise architecture planning, product development, uh, change management, and uh, leading cross-functional interdisciplinary uh, development teams. Yeah, thanks for uh, joining us today. And uh, Keaton, could you give us a little bit of your background as well? Sure, uh, Joe and Mike, thanks for inviting us. Uh, so uh, I'm Keaton, I'm the other co-founder with Avi. Uh, we started the company in late 2017, early 2018. Uh, I played the role of a CEO in the company and my background has been in ag. So I worked in agriculture for nine years before starting the company split my time in two verticals. So the first one was trading commodities and I worked with Cargill and Dreyfus, trade different kinds of commodities. Uh, the most uh, pleasurable experience was shipping a lot of yellow lentils from Saskatchewan to Asia. So I did, did, did that quite a bit. And then the other uh, part of my career within ag was in the seed and the crop protection industry, predominantly with Syngenta, where my most recent portfolio before I started UCO was leading their a seed treatment portfolio for veg and spec crops across the world. Yeah, we've been uh, we've we've had the pleasure of knowing you since I think just right after you started up, and I've really been impressed at your progress. So, for the people that aren't familiar with Yuko, could you guys uh, tell us a little bit about who, what you do, uh, the the clients that you're working with, and just discuss the services and and stuff like that. Absolutely, Joe. Uh, so, so in essence, Yuko is a predictive analytics company that aims at predicting the need of applying crop inputs that would be your, uh, you know, uh, pesticides, water, nutrient up to a week in advance, and then advising farmers on where and when should they apply these crop inputs. Uh, you know, like like any startup, uh, we started off with a beachhead where we said, okay, let's start with predicting of late blight in potatoes being very, very specific because we know that farmers do a lot of sprays for this disease in potato and that's where we started. Uh, and we, you know, we, we work directly with farmer initially because it's, it's just so important to establish product market fit to see if there's, there's a need of, the, of what you're trying to, if, if there's a real problem. Uh, and, you know, what we've seen over the past uh, two to three years of our journey is, you know, the strong product market fit in potatoes, but also expanding out to other crops. So now we're in broad acre crops as well. And where this journey has, where we've learned the most is, you know, the value proposition is definitely there for the farmer to be uh, more prudent when applying crop inputs, help with sustainability, profitability. 
but there's also a huge component of how could this kind of a value proposition benefit other players in the value chain, right? So uh, this could be seed companies, crop protection companies, uh, retailers, and that's where we are now finding traction where, you know, we're seeing some, some big global companies in talks with us to saying, how could we collaborate this with, with our core products as a value-added offering? So now we're move, seeing the company move in that direction. Avi, I don't know if you want to add anything on the, on the, on the product side itself. No, just I'll, I'll add, uh, add this that the product that we have is actually a combination of perspective of every single person that sits in Ucoagro today. So it's not something that I have built or Kaden has built. Or, or, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, one of our advisors have built, it's been everyone's perspective comes together and then look at the same problem, the single-minded problem for the farmer, and we try to solve that. And what came out is what is the product today? So where, where are you guys operating currently um, and looking forward to 2021, where are you going to be operating? And then if I'm a farmer, how do I engage and what are the steps? What, you know, what can I do to, to learn, um, you know, learn how to use and uh, engage you guys? Uh, so Joe, today we, our, our core markets are uh, Canada and the U.S. I mean, that's where we operate. And even, uh, you know, Canada and U.S. are big geographies. So, so Canada, we, we go across the nation, but U.S., we more focus on Midwest and upper Midwest. That's where we work today. Uh, we also running some trials right now in Brazil and Argentina for some of the models we developed for those specific markets. So, so it's just the first year we're testing it out and, and we hope to bring bring them commercially to those markets for 2021. Uh, we've also done some work in Sweden specifically because that was a project that we put together with the Swedish government and a university where you know, they want to understand how could they grow crops by optimizing their pesticide usage specifically. So that's, some, that's another project we're doing there. But the key focus I'll go back is, is the Canada and the US. That's what a key focus is. Uh, and, you know, how, how farmers could reach us, there, there are multiple ways, uh, you know, uh, I, I think what, one, what, one way that we've seen is, you know, farmers can, we've got requests from our website where farmers says, hey, I, I'm interested, could you do this for me? So, so that's, that's the most direct way to reach us. We also have our local reps and regional managers that, that farmers can reach out to. But as we are scaling up, we're seeing uh, we're seeing a lot of, uh, we, you know, a, a lot of farmer outreach happening through these channel partners. So these could be your distributors, retailers, crop consultants, or your ag chem companies. So we do expect uh, a lot of farmers to be working with UCO through these companies. Today, they may know that they're working with UCO as a company, but the way we're shaping up the companies as a product, as a, sorry, as a predictive analytics company, uh, we could even make it white label. So in the future, where even if we, there may be a situation where farmers even don't know the name Yuko Agro, but that's empowering most of the farm management systems across the world. That's great. So I wouldn't be uh, acting like a farmer if I didn't talk about, you know, what are the costs and the benefits of this? Uh, it's always, it always, uh, you know, is always a topic that, that, comes out when you're bringing innovation into the markets. And then uh, once you've done that, uh, can you talk about some customers that you have that 
that uh, you know you've had success stories with that uh, they can share with us because you know, everybody wants to hear you know how much work you've done and I know you've been on a lot of farms on a lot of acres so cost benefits yeah I mean, do you want to do you want to kick it off why don't you take the cost and I'll add with the benefits okay <laughs> so uh, so Joe uh, you know in term from a farmer's, when we talk about cost benefit, I mean, the first thing, uh, you know, from a farmer's standpoint, they, they, they're paying us a per acre price and that depends on the crop. And like I said, we're always, we're also seeing that in, uh, evolving where as this becomes a more value added service that costs might be distributed between the farmer and whoever they're getting this product from. That could be, again, their retailer, the ag chem. So we see a cost bit happening, but, you know, I'll kick off the benefit side just to say that the biggest benefit, uh, you know, and we'll come back to ROI, but the biggest benefit that we've seen of predictive systems is peace of mind. Uh, you know, we all know in disease forecasting, you're forecasting something that you're not seeing in the field. We know that farmers are doing preventative sprays uh, and they're always at the edge of the seat saying, should I do it? Should I not do it? It costs me 25 bucks an acre. Should I do it today? Should I you know, my neighbor is not taking the sprayer out. Should I wait till Monday till I, till my neighbor takes my sprayer out? So I think that peace of mind component is so strong. And that's where that, that, that that's one common thing, thing that we have seen over and above, you know, the other tangible benefits that are we just going to talk about. So one of the biggest benefits of the system is this is an adaptive system. Uh, in addition to being predictive, what that means is if farmers has, uh, you know, on the left-hand side, there's a field uh, with one type of, I guess, uh, one cultivar of potato, and the other side is another cultivar of potato, and uh, they have different management practice given, you know, what they're spraying and whatnot. What the system will do is it will manage those two fields differently. So it's possible on one side of the field, they may not need to spray uh, a fungicide product, but on the other field, they, they have to. So first of all, that difference is very clear and it is all rolled up on a farm level because uh, I guess that's how they manage the entire farms, not on a fever field, but you know, at the end of the day, you're looking at the profitability and the sustainability on the entire farm level. So that's what the system uh, rolls up and gives a recommendation to a grower. Uh, second benefit to uh, this is kind of building the trust out of that and how what that means is and links to the peace of mind. So. We've observed that when a grower uses the system in the very first season, most of the time they're just observing what the system is suggesting. We, we, we've rarely seen someone actually falling to the point of every single recommendation that's been generated. What ends up happening is they start to see that many times the system is going to align closely with what they have learned over from their, from the dad and from the grandfathers in terms of you know, how the agriculture practice has been. So there comes a point when on Friday, someone doesn't want to spray and it's like, can I stretch it to Monday? And that's when they'll open up the system and say, well, it shows that, you know, I'm okay to spraying maybe until Tuesday. Okay, let's do that Monday. So that happens a few times. And that's how the trust starts building up. That's, uh, and that links to, and this is where really the peace of mind kicks in. Uh, and that's where the trust starts to build. And, over, and, and that's one of the reasons that we are seeing uh, more than 95% of retention rate on this, in this system for our customers on year over year. Um, second benefit is even though we are in analytics and a, and a, and a, and a software company, we, we do bring through our partners hardware, which is a weather stations or soil probes to, to the farm. So 
the way this this whole system is set up, it is not, it is monitoring each and every field rather than each and every hardware device. So they can see on the system entire uh, that what is how much rainfall did my one field got versus the other one versus the third one, and then alongside if they want to run certain an, an analytics that what is the right time I apply certain certain fertilizers because the the there's more moisture there or less on the other side, they can make all those decisions. So we bring all those pieces together. So it happens to become that one platform on which a lot of decision-making can happen, uh, but it's up to them how much they want to use that. And there's no pressure. The KPI here is not, we, have, we, want these, we want farmers to be on the system all the time. It's actually opposite. We, we tell them that this is a good time, probably you should open the system. Uh, which is there's some sort of recommendation you might want to listen to it. Other times we get it, you're farming, that's your core business, spend time off that. Yeah. And, and Joe, it, to really uh, be specific in terms of ROI, we've seen farmers, you know, in cases reduce their sprays by 30, 40%. We've seen farmers make the decision of saying, do I need to really spend my money on a more expensive fungicide or can I work, keep working with my generic because I don't see high pressure to, we work with uh, just three crop consultants, Joe, in Ontario. I mean, that was the starting point and these all three are influential crop consultants. And, you know, when they got, the, and they were using our white mold forecasting model for soybean. And I was talking to them, I said, you know, how did you find it? And I was talking to them uh, in, in, in summer and they were like, I don't know if the model is right or not. It's so dry, but the model is asking me to spray. So they actually did strip trials without us asking them to do anything. And when they were combining in the fall, you know how if you have white mold you know, in your soybean, you see a white dust coming up when you combine? Yeah. They actually saw that. So that's when they realized that you know, we were reluctant given how much the sun was, but the canary was trapping moisture. And that's where they saw the value in understanding. Sometimes they may feel there's no risk, but there might be risk. And the other times it's purely about, do I spray today versus three days from now? So in both aspects, we've seen ROI uh, being delivered to the farmer. That's terrific. Um, you guys have some very influential advisors uh, that uh, people should know about that are backing you. Do you want to share some of those, uh, some of those relationships you've developed? Yeah, absolutely, Joe. And, and, you know, before I share the names, we've been very fortunate that we have these advisors and also our team members who, 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 who've really helped us to be, you know, to be successful so far or wherever we've gotten. So, so on the advisors, we have two sets of advisors. So what we call as the commercial advisory board, and then we have a scientific advisory board. So on the commercial advisory board, we have uh, predominantly two people. So one is Jay Bradshaw, uh, who I think who a lot of people in Canada know and would recognize that name. He was uh, Syngenta Canada's former president. Uh, and then the other one is, is Rob Neal. Uh, who was uh, Syngenta's global head for marketing for the crop protection business. And, uh, and you know, on the other side, which is on, on the research side, we also have a research advisory board where we have six advisors today, uh, some of them being former dean of Cornell Ag School to the head of climatologist for Cornell to certain other professors who have 
who have done a lot of work in the area of integrating machine learning with plant science or data science with plant science. And, uh, you know, if, if I go back um, to Jay and Rob, uh, you know, we started off just, just asking these, just asking Jay and Rob saying, hey, what, are, what we're doing, does it make sense? Does it make sense? And we were just trying to learn as much as possible. And I think from there on, they've not just been great mentors and advisors, but they have also become investors in the company uh, over the past year or so. And, and we've benefited immensely from these advisors as well as the scientific advisors who have helped us add new models, calibrate these new models fairly quickly. That's terrific. You know, they're both uh, very special, uh, innovative guys. So um, yeah, you're lucky to have them uh, on side. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so you guys have a lot of experience in sort of this agriculture space. Uh, do you have any advice for young entrepreneurs trying to get, get started? Yeah, I, I can kick it off. Uh, and I guess I, the reason I would like to kick it off is because when I started with, the, with uh, working with Caton on Yuko Agro, I had no agriculture background. So at the time, I'm still learning agriculture industry quite a bit. Uh, well, one thing that has personally helped me a lot was uh, learning about the problem really, really well, which is uh, don't try to solve 10 things. Pick one thing, like, you know, go to the, I would say to the point that go on an atomic level. And that's the reason why Kate and I, when we started, we said we'll work on, you know, one crop, one disease for that, and that to only on one field. And then at that time, we're using some sensors and we'll use no more than one sensor. And then because it was a software component to that, we said we'll use no more than one graph. Everything was a ratio of one <laughs> to keep the variables to limited, to, to a minimal, but also trying to understand what does it mean for a farmer? So it's not about, uh, so it's not just farmer focused, but it's actually farmer centric and 100% driven by farmers. And whatever happens in the technology domain, that's just behind the curtain. It's, it's you know, technology's problem. How do you simplify that? For a farmer, it needs to be super simple so that whatever problem you're solving for them, they can actually take your solution and be able to apply to that. Second, farmers don't have time. So, you know, the solution has to be so simple again that it doesn't take much of a time investment. And last is farmers are very smart businessmen. So you have to deliver ROI from the same season on. If you're not able to deliver that from the same season on, you're going to have a hard time to convince them to keep using it. And, and just just what, you know just extending to what Avi said, I think be married to the problem and not to the solution. Solution yeah. may change. You know, you may realize that there may be five ways to solve it. You're just testing one. And I can give you a personal anecdote. I you know before Yuko, I had another another startup which which uh, didn't fly. And I guess there the problem was that I was in love with the solution, uh, and I was in love with the solution so much that it never got to see the light, uh, you know, in the market. So, uh, so we, I was, I was always trying to perfect it, but at Yuko, uh, you know, when we launched the first product and now when, in hindsight, Joe and Mike, when we see it, we're actually embarrassed saying, Oh God, I mean, this is what we gave to the farmer, but you know, uh, it, this is what Reed Hoffman says in his podcast where he says, if you're not embarrassed by the first version of the product, you're too late in launching a product. So, be married to the problem. Don't worry about the solution. Even if you have something scrappy, put it out, get it tested, 
and keep iterating till you don't find that product market fit. Thank you for uh, sharing that. Um, before we head out, is there anything uh, else you guys want our listeners to know about? Uh, I'll just add that if if anyone on this podcast feels they we can help out in whichever way through the experiences or the talks that we have shared, please feel free to reach out through us through LinkedIn or any other way of, that you feel comfortable with. We'll be happy to help. Okay. Yeah, and we're also open to partnerships. You know, anyone who feels uh, you know is this is something that that they could work with or they, it could com- complement what they're doing feel free to reach out okay awesome um i think i saw that both of you are active uh, or on linkedin and uh, i guess what's your website if people want to check out uh, more about yuko so it's you, you so it's ukkoyuko.ag okay awesome All right. Uh, And I just wanted to thank our listeners uh, for tuning into the Ready, Set, Grow podcast. And I just wanted to thank you guys again uh, for joining us and uh, telling us about Yuko Agro. Congrats on all your success. Really proud of you guys. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having us. us.